don't know where you are in life right now or where it is you want to go. But if you are a curious soul like me, I know this about you. You are searching for greatness in life. You desire financial freedom. And you ask yourself daily how you can master success in business without wasting years of your life. On this show, we are going to interview all the leading experts and influencers in the fields of marketing, mindset, and sales to expose all the tips and tricks you need to accelerate your business and amplify your success. My name is Reem Kharbat, and this is the Entrepreneur Accelerator. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Accelerator. And this is Reem and I'm super excited for this upcoming episode. I really had so much fun um, doing it and I really believe that you will enjoy it, especially if you are interested in starting your podcast someday, which I believe you should. Well, my guest, Matt Johnson, he's the author of the Microfamous book, which is a complete guide on how to attract audience build influence and become famously influential to the right people. Matt is a marketing agency founder. He's a podcaster, a musician, and he runs a podcast launch and production agency based in San Diego, an international team that helps business coaches, consultants, and thought leaders use done-for-you podcasting to attract an audience, build influence, and become micro-famous. He's been featured in many top podcasts, including Boss Moms uh, with Dana Malstaff, and he's a frequent podcast guest and event speaker to audiences around the US, Canada, and Australia. Matt was amazing during that episode. We had so much fun. And I advise you truly to jump in and listen to this episode, especially, as I said, if you are interested in podcasting. He has so many interesting things to say about that. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to the next episode. Enjoy. Welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for being here on this show. I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, I am too. It's going to be a really fun conversation. We, we got to chatting behind the scenes before we hit record yes. and we had so much fun. We decided, well, we, we, at some point we need to hit record and just have, have exactly. an actual podcast. You know, I'm telling you because when like two podcasters together, I think uh, uh, the fun is contagious and uh, <laughs> there are a lot of yeah. things to talk about and to gossip and especially me now as we said, like drinking coffee in the middle of the night in Saudi Arabia <laughs> and just being a little bit uh, jealous from you being in San Diego in a nice place and getting the chance to walk on the beach where I'm just sitting all day here. No, no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just jealous a little bit. So welcome and yeah, thank I've you. Got, I've got people all over the world that, uh, that work for our agency. And yeah, so I, I get a little bit of insight into what's going on in all the different parts of the world, like South Africa and the yeah. Philippines. And yeah, there's a, I'm, I'm very glad by complete accident, I ended up locked down in a place that, uh, that is fairly easy to get out and still get some sun and, and try to enjoy your life while this whole thing blows over because not everybody is yeah. as fortunate. Exactly. And how, how are you coping with, with all the craziness? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not well, scared or worried. I, I'm not. Now, granted, I don't have kids and I don't live with anyone that's at risk, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that, that makes a difference, right? 
Um, so I, I do want to acknowledge that, yeah, I haven't, it hasn't hit me as hard. You know, my parents are a thousand miles away and they're, they're continuing to hang out and live life as normal. They live in a state that hasn't been locked down and hasn't had a lot going on. Um, as far as the business side, I've been very fortunate that we haven't had many cancellations. We haven't had people really mm. pull back on their marketing budgets. Um, all of my clients are business coaches, author, speaker types. Um, and so we had a lot of them that had their speaking events get canceled. But they, they very quickly shifted into doing like virtual summits, more webinars, mm -hmm. getting featured on more podcasts, and they, and they recognized the value of having a podcast. So rather than pull back, they went further down and, and said like, hey, like, hey, how do I get on more podcasts? Like I, I have all this time because I'm not speaking anywhere. I can't exactly. travel. So let's, let's do more. Um, and, then our, and then we've been signing up new clients as well that have decided to take this time to launch a new podcast while they're basically stuck at home. So yeah, it's, it's a good niche to be in, but it's also good just to serve um, high level, sophisticated, savvy people that, that were prepared for some sort of downturn this year already. I, mean, I don't think anybody could prepare for the way this was, but I do have clients that were already prepared for some sort of economic downturn. And so mm. the fact that it came through the virus was the only thing that was unique about it. They were already prepared for something to happen. So that was, uh, so that's a good thing about serving the right people. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So if we just if you can just tell our audience a little bit more about you, about your agency, and what is it exactly that you're doing? How did you even get into this field? So short story. So the, uh, basically what I do now is I run an agency where all of us are a team of specialists that help produce and launch podcasts. Um, I run that in about three hours a week. So it's a multi mm -hmm. six figure digital agency, basically that's all virtual. Um, and, uh, I got there by jumping into live video like five years ago. I was working at another agency and I was just some guy managing clients and I got into business development and they started putting me on to uh, hosting live webinars on Google Hangouts. And I started to get the opportunity to be on these live webinars with the heavy hitters in the real estate space, which is the space that that agency was running yeah. in. And one of those guys called me up behind the scenes after a couple months of doing these live webinars and said, hey, like, why don't we launch a podcast together? Mm -hmm. And I had already been thinking about pitching him the same idea. So it was <laughs> perfect timing. He beat me to it by like a week. And uh, that was five years ago. Today, that podcast is still running. It's called Real Estate Uncensored. It has like a million and a half downloads and a bunch of accolades and it hits the top 15 and 20 awesome. lists of all the real estate podcasts and yada, yada. Um, but in running that show... Uh, at one point we were doing like two and three days a week. I had launched two other shows in the real estate space. By that time I was co-hosting all of them. I was doing like five to eight hours of live video podcasting a week. Mm -hmm. And so I started to build out a team behind me to do all the backend stuff. And then people mm -hmm. started to ask me how, how I was doing all this content. And I would just tell them about the team that I built. And I, and they would be like, well, that sounds like awesome. Like, can, can I rent them when you're not using them? Mm. Right. So it kind of started like that. And then of course that, that worked for a while and then it grew to the point where that broke. And then I had to actually turn it into a real agency yeah. and I, I got rid of all the coaching consulting stuff I was doing in the real estate space and just went all in on being an agency owner. That is awesome. You know, uh, especially that after I joined this field, like, you know, I also, what a coincidence. I also have, um, my main business is in real estate. We, uh, we developed a property management software company and um and then i moved to the online world 
to, you know, um, as a business coach, I have like over 15 years of experience as a CFO and a business strategist. So my whole life is, you know, around this, but it, it was nice for me to move into the online uh, space. And at that time, at least here in this part of the world, podcasting was not very, you know, um, popular, let's say. But I was really always attracted to the concept of having a podcast or having a show. And I never liked being on a video. Like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable on a video. I don't feel comfortable, you know, just standing and I, I feel it's just, I prefer talking. And I think you felt that. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we could talk for a long time. Yes. And then when I realized that I can as a person, because, you know, I spoke to many coaches and, and entrepreneurs, and they think that for you to start a show or a podcast, you need a big budget, only, let's say, rich people, or, you know, you need to have a crew behind you to have a podcast or to have your show. But then I realized that you don't really have to have this, you know, big budget to start your podcast. But the problem is maybe being consistent. So uh, it, with, with, with your agency, how can, we, how can we explain more to entrepreneurs and coaches what are the benefits, seriously, of having a podcast? Because I can speak from my own experience, but you have dealt with so many claims. And I know that you've seen their, let's say, objections and their fears uh, of starting a show. Uh, how can we explain to, let's say, my audience who are entrepreneurs, uh, coaches and consultants, small business owners, that having a podcast, especially at this time, should be a must like, I believe in that. What do you think? And based on the people that you have dealt with, how can we tell them what is the importance of having a podcast now? Well, I would start with the fact that there's so many coaches, consultants, small business owners that the primary way that they meet new clients is they have to meet them in person. Sometimes that yeah. means networking. Sometimes it means speaking events and it, you know, even keynoting, right? But there's a lot, of, a lot of people that that's their primary way to attract new clients is they've got to be face-to-face. -face. And unfortunately, like the time that we're living in, basically that's completely wiped out. And so a yeah. lot of people are being forced to revisit and find another way. Now, the people that have already been into the podcasting world kind of know what the benefits are. Um, which is you have something to fall back on if you can't go do speaking engagements and networking events, but it goes way beyond that. Um, one of the things that podcasting allows you to do and even forces you to do is get really, really clear on why people should hire you. So if you're used to meeting people through speaking or you're used to meeting people at networking, they can get this, the sense that they know, like, and trust you. And a lot of times mm -hmm. that's enough. And if True. you do enough networking events and speaking events, you don't need, you feel, you feel like you don't need much more than that, right? Because you've got skills, right? I meet yeah. people, I use my sales skills and I make sales. With podcasting, you have to get really clear on why people should hire you. So you have to, you have to refine down the whole idea that your business is based on into something that actually gets attention because you can't just rely on the fact that you can use your face-to-face -face speaking mm. skills or sales skills. Mm. So the people that do the best at podcasting are the ones that do the best job of figuring out what I would call the clear and compelling idea for their business. What is mm -hmm. that problem that you solve and how do you solve it to the point where when you deliver that to someone in one to two sentences, their response should be, holy cow, 
really? Yes. Like I didn't know that existed. You do that, right? So mm -hmm. like if you're talking about a property management software and you go up to somebody that has a portfolio of a thousand doors and you say, look, I have a property management so software that does X, Y, Z without costing you any time and money. You can literally get a, a, you know, ramped up and running in two weeks and it will cut your expenses, your management expenses in 30%. It's going to save you tens of thousands a year. You know, the response should be, seriously? Holy cow, I didn't know that existed. You got to tell me more about that. Uh, and so what podcasting does is it really forces you to get 100% clear on what that idea is. And if you can yeah. deliver that, you can make sales and you'll attract clients online. If you can't do that, then it reveals that it's a symptom of the fact that you don't have that idea as razor sharp as you might think. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I saw that your podcast, which is Microfamous, um, you've been you've been talking mainly about uh, you know marketing, and you show a lot of um, marketing tips and 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 strategies uh, for like how to. Uh, grow also your business which is like uh, there are many episodes that I loved and you guys I, I think you have to seriously go and check it out because it, it's really awesome the idea of micro famous what how did you come up with the idea what does it mean to be micro famous so to be micro famous means that you are instead of being like Tom Cruise famous where you can't yeah. go to the grocery store without signing autographs, right? It means to be really famously influential to just the right people, right? The people mm. that you most want to serve and impact. Um, one of the best examples is one of my clients who hosts a podcast with us and he and I were booked on the same event, right? So we were speaking at the same event. And I noticed that number one, he was booked to speak. He was one of the most anticipated speakers at that, at that event. He doesn't, he doesn't sell a bunch of coaching. He doesn't travel around the country. Like by all means, if you didn't know that he was so influential, you might not even know his name, even if you're mm. in this space. But you show up at that event and in between every single session, he was mobbed by a group of people mm. asking questions about the business, get, trying to get his advice, trying to get his attention, right? And, and half the people there were like, out of all the speakers that they were there to see, he was the one they were most looking forward to hearing talk. Right. To me, that like that's the level of influence that would 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 be where, you know, where most of us would want to be like most of us would not want to have to go to the grocery store and worry about taking people taking pictures of us. But if we show up at an industry event, we yeah. would want that level of influence. We'd want people running up to us and going, hey, like, when's your breakout session? I'm super excited about it. Like, hey, do you have a few minutes in the hallway in between sessions? I want to pick your brain about stuff like that. That's that's that kind of level of influence that most of us can build a multi six or seven figure business on. And I started to see that with my clients and podcasting helps that and it gives you that national level. So when you show up at an event like that, those types of things happen. But in between mm -hmm. events like that, you also get the sales calls where people call up and go, hey, I've been listening to your podcast for six months. I love everything you do. I'm ready to sign up, right? And I, yeah. that's one of the very first things you notice about being a podcast host. If you're selling, coaching or consulting is your sales calls start to change. They change from you persuading the other person to the other person knowing you and showing up already planning to do something. And now you get to start qualifying them to see if they're a good fit for you. So that's, that's it, uh, exactly. So it's just like, as you said, you, as if like you're speeding up the process of the like and trust and, and knowledge uh, or knowing you. So you mm -hmm. are immediately like an authority in your uh, field and, and people will immediately just turn to you. It's, it's true because, you know, sometimes... I get messages and I was like surprised that people who I don't know are just sending me and telling me that uh, uh, we have listened and, and you inspired us with so many things. So 
it's it's really interesting how podcasting would put you as an instant authority in what you're doing. My question, uh, Matt, is that do you think that anyone can have a show? Um, mm. Not technically, but is it like anyone can just pull a show? I think so. Yeah, you know, um, we, we've grown from half a million podcasts on iTunes a couple of years ago to now close to a million. Um, it's exploded. But we have to yeah. remember, there's something like 150 million blogs, maybe more. Yeah. So the, the, the ceiling for growth is insane. Like, you, you know, if you ask somebody 20 years ago if everyone could have a blog, they would tell you, no, that's, that's how many people are qualified to write and can, and can write three to four articles a week and be a blogger. Now there's 150 million of them. So I think podcasting is going to be very much the same way. Um, and the best is going to be the cream that rises to the top. I think that's the way it is in True. every field. If you're really good at it, you're going to find an audience and you're going to have a bigger audience than somebody that's not as good at it. But I do think podcasting is one of those things where um, somebody said, somebody that was in radio for 20 or 30 years said this, uh, that being in radio is just a matter of repetitions. You just got to get the reps. The more you do it, the mm. better you get at it. And I think yeah. that applies just as much to podcasting. So if you get into it and you've been listening to your favorite podcast for a couple of years, you just have to recognize you're not going to feel like you're as good as the podcasters you listen to, but that's true of everything. I agree. Uh, and it's something that will, you know, you'll, you'll get better as you go along and you'll look back, you know, a year into podcast and you realize, wow, I've, I've come a long way. My show sounds completely different than my first <laughs> episode. And that's a good thing. Uh, I agree. Um, I'm laughing because I remember also my first episode that was like really uh, horrible for me. Like, you know yourself, you know how you you feel like you're stressed. And uh, so, yeah, I can imagine that oh, feeling. Like the way the way your first interview felt to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. you must have been nervous as hell because that was Elena Cardone, right? Yes, exactly. Not just not just because of she's Elena, she's Elena and and, and I... I was reading everything. Like I was so scared. I didn't want to mess up. And then I realized that, Hey, you can just edit things. <laughs> like it's like easy. Yes, I, <laughs> and exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, um, like I, I got started in live video. I didn't have any, any room for error. So I was, I can remember, exactly. uh, you know, the, those first, um, you know, like when, when I first got started, I do, I did YouTube lives and then, my co-host and I were one of the very first ones to jump on uh, Facebook Live. Uh, mm. Even before even before the actual Facebook Live went live, there were some integrations with other companies and we were the first to jump on them. Uh, so I've always been doing a lot. Like that's nerve wracking You because you can actually yes. watch the audience numbers fluctuate. So you know when you're losing people's attention. That's a weird I thing know. to keep an eye on. But somebody, like I don't get nervous about it anymore. And one of my mentors reminded me, of what, how bad I was freaking out before I did my first live webinar. And I literally have no memory. I don't remember. It's fantastic. So yeah, anybody, if anybody's nervous, uh, and I think you'll feel this way not, yeah. not too, too long from now, is you, you'll just jump on a podcast and you won't even think about it. And you won't, you'll forget all about how, how nervous you used to be. Yeah. Um, Matt, I received this question so many times, and I'm sure that you received, received it like even more. How can you monetize your podcast or why are you podcasting? Like, okay, some people mm -hmm. might listen and maybe not. So how can you, how can you monetize that? Especially when at the beginning you don't have so much listeners or following and you're building that following. So, um, people think that it's just maybe a tool of, you know, publishing because, you know, you have to keep on publishing, whether it's just posting or maybe, uh, shooting a video or something. 
but hmm. what are the ways that would attract people to even start thinking seriously seriously more about uh podcasting like how can we get money of that well I think before you jump into podcasting, you have to have a very clear vision of how that money is going to come back to you. Uh, the clients that I work with tend to have a higher ticket coaching consulting offer or they're a professional speaker, you know, a minimum of five grand speaking engagement. Um, or uh, they're selling like a membership program where they have, mm. but they already have a big audience. And so they're, they're, you know, launching a podcast to kind of nurture that audience and get them to sign up for membership. Uh, if you have those things in place before you start podcasting, it makes it way easier. I did it all backwards myself and, mm. and suffered the consequences, right? I started a podcast for the fun of it because I wanted to hang out and talk with my co-host about real yeah. estate. Then we started working on offering coaching and products on the back end and we weren't quite sure what people wanted. So we dabbled in everything, sponsorships, mm. low price products, higher dollar coaching, uh, affiliate marketing, promoting other people's stuff. We did everything. The thing that worked the best for us was we found a company on the real estate side where we were able to do nothing but send them people who wanted to switch over to that brokerage and then we make a cut of the commissions. So we stopped oh. selling anything on the front end where people were actually giving us cash. We just started promoting a company and we started and that gives us commissions on the back end. So that's an option. Uh, I would say for most people though, um, I, I, I feel very strongly about it, you know, like I, I read the four hour work week years ago, like a lot of other yeah. people did and thought that the way to make it online was a product based business. That's insanely hard. It's actually mm. way, 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 way easier to start a service business where you can start delivering the service first and then you gradually hire people who can work for you and take over most of that stuff, which is what I did. That's mm. infinitely easier than starting a product based or a software based business. So for most people, if you have a service to sell, a podcast is the perfect way to promote it because you monetize the podcast by telling people what your service is and people go exactly. sign up for your service. And that way offsets the cost of running a podcast. So to me, if you run a service business, it's a total no brainer. And that's the fastest, easiest way to monetize your show. Yeah. So that's really interesting because uh, again, I'm telling you a lot of people are telling me, you know, uh, we would love to have a podcast, but we really don't know if we should do that because it's time consuming and um, we don't know how to bring traffic to it. And at the same time, how can I get money out of it? Like, yeah. what? so there are like uh, some concerns. Um, but for me, I think, uh, as you said, first of all, I really love the four hour work week and it's one of the, like one of so, um, like I, I, I read so little, but mm -hmm. there's, um, these, some books that really, uh, uh, shaped, uh, my life, which is rich dad, poor dad, four hour work week, uh, think and grow rich, these things, but, but mainly four hour work week is my target because eventually we want to, or at least for me to work just a few hours a year, maybe not, not even a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's an awesome book. But again, the, the concept of how to monetize and is, is your agency, you said that you're having this model of done for you. You help people build their their podcast, do you help them with a strategy on how to start and grow and monetize or just 
launching a podcast, you know, hit the top charts, for example, or something like that? I don't know. Uh, no, we don't worry about chart position at all. Uh, in fact, if somebody comes in and they're worried about chart, chart position, that's usually a big red flag for me because it means they're more concerned about being macro famous than micro famous. That's, that's part of why okay. I wrote the book is I want to attract the people that are way more concerned with like getting a smaller group of people to, to take action rather than just have a lot of followers online. So that, so that's a red flag for me. Um, so to, so to answer the question about like the podcasting, um, I mean, it really goes back to what I talked about in the book, which is the clear and compelling idea. If you have that, the podcast becomes like a vehicle to just deliver that idea over and over and over and over again to the right people. And there's a small percentage of those people that are going to be ideal clients right now, mm. but that's not most people. You know, if you, if you go to 100 potential clients, you know, you might sign up three of them right? What happens to the other 97? Well, they need to be nurtured. They could be nurtured and they could be, you know, put into some sort of an incubator where they would eventually become an ideal client for you. Most people don't do that. They go and they try to find another hundred people to talk to. Yeah. But if you take that same hundred people and you say, okay, 97 of those people aren't ready to sign up right now, but they could be. The question is, how do you get them ready over mm -hmm. the next six to 12 months to the point where they're ready to sign up. And to me, that answer is a podcast. And that's, that's one of the highest and best uses of a podcast is as an incubator for ideal clients. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, not, a, not a vehicle to get the most number of eyeballs on your content. So I'll give you an mm -hmm. example. Um, one of my clients, and this is before she actually uh, came to us and our agency to, to, to start a show, uh, she put an offer in front of her email list. Her email list was about 500 people and she made 40K in, uh, in coaching mm -hmm. program signups off of, of a list of 500 people. Most, most coaches and consultants or info product people in the online space would tell you 500 people is nowhere near enough. Like you need yes. double, triple, you need 5,000 people on your list before you bring them an offer. And she's like, no, $40,000 in sales off of a 500, 500 uh, email, yeah. email list. And that's how I look at podcasting is you, there's, there's a lot of power in the right people and it doesn't have to be a lot. The industry that I came from, the residential real estate side, there are multiple seven-figure coaching companies, a multi-million dollar agency that I used to work for, and one of my, two of my clients run multi-six and seven-figure coaching businesses in a space where there's no more than 10,000 potential clients for oh, any of wow. them. Same mm. space, right? 10,000 people, multiple, multiple, multiple seven-figure companies, right? So if you think about it that way, uh, I look at it in terms of like, look, if I've got 5,000 friends on Facebook, if those are the right friends, I don't need anybody else. I agree. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're right. <laughs> uh <laughs> But we do spend a lot of time chasing I eyeballs and attention. And, you know, if we don't have, have 10,000 people on Instagram, we can't get that, get that swipe up feature. Like you're not one of the cool kids at the event. But you again, know? yes, you're right. I mean, like this is, again, it's all about perspective. And this is how the media and everything else, how it, um, it, how it makes you look at things. And they, it's like they're incepting these ideas in your head. So mm -hmm. uh, the blonde, uh, slim uh, girl is beautiful and good or worthy when. That's right. Like, you know, this is how they make us feel. And the same thing, yeah. if you don't have uh, the five, 10,000, and if you don't have the swipe up thing, 
that means that you're still not as good. And uh, I know I, I mean, reject all true. of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're yeah. good. You're a good person, I think. Uh, yeah. I just I, I've well, it 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 helps to know this. And and I don't know if you found this out already, but if you don't already, you will. The more people that you interview, because that's exactly how I found this out. Which is you start talking to people on podcast interviews that have, let's say, a half a million followers on Twitter, or they have 300,000 followers on Instagram, or they get millions of downloads for your podcast. And then you find out behind the scenes, they can't sell them something to save their life, right? Mm -hmm. They're not in the two comma club. Like that does not happen automatically. Um, so you start talking to people that have big social media audiences or big email lists or, or big downloads of their podcast. And they're just, they just keep trying new stuff, trying to figure out what in the world do these people want to buy? Well, it's because they mm -hmm. went all backwards. They, they created something that got attention, but they didn't know what they're going to want, what they wanted to sell them. They didn't start with a, any sort of belief system or any vision of where they wanted to lead people. Right. And so they end up with something that gains attention, but they don't know how to sell them anything because they don't really know what they want people to do. They don't know what journey they want to take people on to begin with. They're just trying to find something to sell to them. Uh, and I ran into a lot of those people uh, on podcast interviews. And so once you see that, it kind of breaks your brain and it breaks that belief that yeah. in order to have a successful business, I have to have hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, but you need to see both sides. You have to see people that are succeeding with small audiences, and then failing with big audiences in order for it to finally register and sink in that, that that's just, that's not the way you, you can do it without it. You can do it without a big yeah. audience. It's more about having the right people than it is about having lots of people. Love it. Um, Matt, what, what are the main, let's say the main mistakes that podcasters are doing when they are starting their podcast? You know, I think most of the battles for whether a, a podcast grows or not, that battle is won or lost before a podcast ever hits iTunes. And that's actually why I wrote the book because I had people coming to me where they thought podcasting was the solution, right? Mm -hmm. The podcasting was a magic way to get in front of thousands or tens of thousands of people for effectively free. And that's not true. Yeah. There's so many podcasts and there's so many, there's only so many podcast listeners and they probably already have their favorites. And maybe one of them is your competitor, right? So it's the coach or the consultant that's your competitor. So you're asking people to switch off of something else and start listening to your show, which means you got to get the strategy right, right? Mm -hmm. so, so the whole book is about leading people, especially in the first third of the book, that's all about the strategy. It's about getting the strategy of your thought leadership business right so that when you start a podcast, the podcast is attractive, like super, super magnetically attractive to the right people because they resonate with the ideas that you're putting out there. Because it's not about it's not about all the tactical stuff of podcasting. It's not about how you promote it on social media. Like there's only so much you can do. The real question is, are you creating something that makes somebody want to share your podcast with another person? Mm, right? Mm. That's the key, right? Because podcasts, like 65% of of podcast growth comes from word of mouth. So if people aren't talking about your podcast, wow. you're already out two thirds of the way that podcasts grow. There's only so much you can do with that other 30% to get your podcast to grow. The bottom line is you've got to make a podcast that's worth talking about. And so that's why it's so important to get the strategy right and create something like you've got to know exactly who you're serving and you've mm. got to create a show that they are looking for and can't find anywhere else right now. So okay. if that means you've, Right. So you got to figure out, okay, what are they looking for on YouTube? Uh, what other podcasts are they listening to right now 
where they're actually sifting through a bunch of episodes to find one that they love. You know what I'm saying? Like if, you, like if your audience is listening to Entrepreneurs on Fire, that's a seven day a week show. What episodes are they skipping to get to this, you know, and you do more of those. Like you find that little niche where people are underserved or overlooked or neglected and you go, I'm going to create a show for them. Now the question is, if you do that, you know, who do you pick? Who are the right people? And that's what I talk about in the book. Um, like it's better to go after the ultra high end, sophisticated, smart, successful end of the market. Like if you're going to go small, go small, but go high end, go to the affluent, go to the people that are the early adopters, go to the people that are really successful in an industry and go after them. Cause coincidentally, they also have the most money to pay you. Yeah. Yeah. Funny wow. how that works, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, but, weird. but if you follow, but if you follow Gary Vee and Russell Brunson and, and a lot of that, and I don't think it's any ill intention on their part, but what people take away from listening to those people all the time is, okay, I need to get a big audience and sell something low cost. I, mm -hmm. I did the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I went very small audience, very high cost. And that gives me an extremely stable business built around clients that are super stable in and of themselves. More focused. And more focused. So I'm able to get really razor sharp clear with what my podcast is about and what I talk about because I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking mm. to a very small focused subset of people that I know already has the money to pay me. So that, that's part of what the, the strategy kind of walks people through is like, how do you make those decisions and who are the right people and what do they want and like all, all that fun stuff. Okay, again, so just for me to understand, so your agency, what you're doing is you're helping also in the strategy, the, the full strategy. So for example, if I came to you, I'm a coach and I want to start this podcast, but again, as always, we're all confused. We're all overwhelmed because, you know, we have to do everything. We have to be janitors, uh, marketers, coffee makers, and uh, uh, <laughs> CEOs at the same time as entrepreneurs, right? Like That's we right. have to do everything. So uh, we're already overwhelmed and we don't know how to start a podcast and what to do with it. You help in this regard and how to strategize. How, what, how do you say it in English? Strategize. Yeah, exactly. This word. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm thinking Arabic and English together. So you have to yeah. like understand <laughs> how words are coming out. So um, you help them in this way, like how to, think because again also with the podcast as you were saying it, seriously it's a it's a it's a whole strategy that you have to be really uh, laser focused on how to do it and how to grow it otherwise it will be just also another maybe i don't say it's yeah. a waste of time but like it's a lot of energy because sometimes i heard yeah, that it's a big percentage of people will give up after the seventh episode of podcasting so yeah. It's yeah, true. And, and it's unfortunate, but I understand why they do it. And uh, and if it's if your podcast is not giving back to you, like in mm -hmm. energy and in money, it's it's going to start to affect you. It will start to ruin your enjoyment of your own show. And I've yeah. watched it with people. I've been through cycles of that myself with my with my original podcast where I would, you know, for a while I'd really enjoy it and then I wouldn't enjoy it. And then, it, you know, like it, it kind of whack, it, it, it ebbs and flows. And so I don't want people to get into something where they commit to doing something that's every single week and six months from now they're going, hey, this is not worth it. I, I want to quit. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, if you're not careful, it's easy to get into that situation because if you think that podcasting is a magic solution all by itself and all you do is you launch a podcast where you're interviewing people, 
and there's no point of view and there's no cohesive belief system that you're trying to instill in the listeners yeah. and you're not yeah. leading them in a very specific way to, to where they know exactly what next step you want them to take, which is probably buying something from you. Unless you have all that stuff lined up at some point, you're going to start to resent your own show and you won't even want to show up and do your own episodes, right. which that yeah. is not a fun position to be in. Trust me. I know. Uh, you do not want to be that way. Um, and so, yeah, if, if uh, so we do all that in the agency, but that's also part of why I wrote the book is there's some things that it just takes a while to work out. Right. There's, there's, we can help a lot with the strategy of the podcast when you come in and work with us as a client. Mm -hmm. But if your business behind the podcast is wildly unfocused, there's only True. so much we can do, of right? Course. So we, well, we can still help you in the sense that we can like build a podcast that gives you freedom to kind of figure some of those things out along the way. But ideally, if you come before you even launch a podcast and you have the business where the business is based on an idea that's razor sharp, clear, and very, very compelling, then when you start a podcast, the podcast flows naturally. And it starts to reach the right people and it's easy. It should be easy. Mm -hmm. And if it's not easy, something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, Matt, if people want to uh, get your book, because I'm really also very, very interested to like learn more about this. Um, where can we, where can we find it? Well, Amazon is always a great place depending on the, okay. the country mm. and stuff like that. But if you're, mm. if you're in the States, you can just go to microfamousbook.com. You can buy it directly through me and get it for half the price of Amazon. Uh, mm. And I'll, I'll just ship you the book. Basically, I'll pay the cost of the book if you pay for the cost of shipping. So it's like okay. $7.50 or whatever just to get it into your hands. It's, uh, it's $14 bucks on Amazon and it's available you know, pretty much internationally. So if you're an international listener, Amazon's mm -hmm. always your best bet. Do you have a, uh, an ebook uh, version or do you have a downloadable version? We do, yeah. There's Kindle and paperback. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm happy because now I think I can just get it immediately. <laughs> I don't have to. Because most of yeah, the books exactly. that I order, they just get lost in the way. So, yeah. Do they? Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Most of them, honestly, most of them, they get lost. I get some, but most of them, they, they yeah, get returned. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we spoke about how crazy is it in here. Yeah, exactly. So this is like the yeah, least thing bad. to worry about, you know, <laughs> but, um, so the theme of this show, the entrepreneur accelerator, to be honest, the whole theme of, of my show, when I created it first, it's because, um, I, I've been an entrepreneur for almost five years and I had to, like, it took me a lot to figure out so many things. And as, as I told you, like sometimes we think that we're superheroes. We have to figure everything by ourselves and we have to do everything at the same time. But then, you know, we had to take a lot of courses and coaching and, and mentoring and learning and like constantly adopting things, new things until you figure out that it's just maybe about taking action consistently and winning. But there are also things that um, can help you if you know, know about it from the beginning, like you would avoid so many mistakes. And in my case, I wish that what I know now, like I knew before. So the theme of this show is how to accelerate success in terms of anything related to mindset, because again, success has so many, um, it comes in, in different shapes and forms and it has so different meanings for everyone. But again, you, you, it's, it's all about mindset, momentum, marketing, a lot of things. In your 
own words, what do you think is the number one thing that would help an entrepreneur succeed or succeed fast, you know, without wasting years? What is the number one thing that helped you at least and would inspire others? Okay. Well, knowing what I know now about hiring people and how mm -hmm. relatively easy it is uh, to kind of fill in your weaknesses by hiring people who are strong in those areas. I really think that entrepreneurs, in order to be successful, you only really need one big spike of strength. And if you're going to have one big spike, it might as well be in marketing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to study something that will make you better at marketing, that would be copywriting. So oh. for me, there was a time a couple of years in my agency where I realized that the, the agency only needed three things from me. And it was strategy, copywriting and project management. And even even a lot of the project management I've been able to hand off to somebody who I pay. Right. Yeah. And I think we we as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to take on that mentality that I have to do it all and I have to wear all these different hats. And I don't think that's yeah. actually true. I think we take that on to ourselves as a mis misconception. I think you really only need to be good at marketing. If you're good at marketing, you can pay somebody else to do all the other things, financial, backend, operations, delivery, whatever, right? And so if you have one big spike and if that spike is getting people to buy stuff, that's going to make your life a lot easier. And then you can hire people along the way to do all the other things that you're not as good at. I love it, you know, because it was one of the killing mistakes that I have done at the beginning, which is, again, thinking that I have to know and do everything by myself. And I realized that seriously, it's just do what you do best and outsource the rest. This is what everybody has to think about and do. Um, love it. Thank you so much. Um, like it was really interesting. Matt, if people want to know more about you, where can they find you? Very easy. Getmicrofamous.com. So that's uh, that links out all, you know, my, I'm pretty much active on Facebook. We've got a link to our Facebook community there. Uh, links out to the book, links to the podcast. So just one central place, getmicrofamous.com. Love it. Thank you so much. I'm super happy that we had this conversation today. Um, thank you for being in the Entrepreneur Accelerator and uh, see you soon. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, would you please take a minute to rate and review my show? That would mean the world to me. And let me know if you have any questions in mind or something that you're struggling with so I can cover in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out. Let's accelerate your success together. And remember, success is not an accident. Success is a choice. See you next time.